When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. Happy Thursday, 2.30 Eastern, just like we promised you. I am Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. And before we dive in to the sponsors, the ad reads, everyone's favorite part of the pod, people are dying in the comments. They're like, where's the ad read? I'm like, oh man, sorry, I wish. Just wait a couple of minutes. First, I want to introduce our special guest today, WFAN's Keith McPherson, on to yap with us about nonsense, about Juan Soto, about these Mets, the Mets people coming out of the woodwork, who I know, Keith, you've been battling back on your Twitter feed for days now. Either way, can't wait to get a little bit more hyped with you for the 2024 season. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm happy to be here, happy to run it back. Uh, I'm not sure if we did this two seasons ago. Maybe 2021, 2022. Either way, here we are, another Yankee season. It's spring training. There's articles coming out. There's players unsigned. There's a lot of hype, as usual, in Yankees camp. So here we go again. Let's do it. I know how long ago we did this because I don't think we were even doing it live. And you congratulated us on Joe Judge and the Giants winning in Seattle. (laughs) That's, I think, how long ago that was. Uh, but we'll we'll get into plenty because the hype train's rolling. Uh, it's spring training. It's the first week of games in the books. That means we're getting all the overreactions possible to player stances changing, Rodon hitting 97, you know, body differences, swing alterations, everything. We'll, we'll get to what's real, what's not, and what you're hearing from the people who call in uh, to your shows every day. But before we get into that and all the fun stuff, I will toss it to Thomas for that ad read that, again, the commenters have been just positively begging for. So, Thomas, give them what they want. Always dying for. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. Keith, thanks for being here. Uh, DraftKings is also here with us, DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, If you have not yet signed up, make sure to get your first bet on them through our sign-up code. It's YanksGoYard. New customers will get a second-chance bet, also called a risk-free bet, up to $1,000 when signing up. That means if the first bet loses – you will get your full wager returned as a bonus bet up to $1,000. Signing up with our code YanksGoGuard not only guarantees that first bet, but also gets you access to daily rewards and other profit boosts. They throw them right in your little folder. You can mess around and have fun. Uh, baseball season's upon us. We got March Madness right around the corner. Uh, NBA, whatever floats your boat, get in on the action. So if you're looking to join, uh, go to DraftKings.com sportsbook or download the app. Use that promo code YanksGoYard and get that first bet covered. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode descriptions for full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Quick branded opener, Keith, who are you betting on for this year on this Yankees roster? Who's who's going to surprise you, you think? Who do I think is going to surprise me on this Yankees roster? I hope it's John Carlos Stan. I hope it's John. Oh, Carlos that's our Stan. second question today, dude. Yeah, with a chip on his shoulder, like, hey, don't forget about me. I won an MVP. Hey, don't forget about me. I almost had 60 homers. Don't forget about me. I'm one of the highest paid players on this team. I was the uh, MVP of the All-Star game two years ago. Don't forget about me. I'm hoping that year 7G, as I have been counting the years of John Carlos Stanton as a Yankee, I'm hoping that year 7G is a comeback player of the year resurgence type year for Mike Stanton, John Carlos Stanton. What I like most, yeah. 
No, go right to that, Adam, because that's no. Like, what I what I like about. most about what he's done, and you touch on it, is that like you know he doesn't have to listen to the fans, right? He doesn't have to change his approach because fans are tired of him, you know, swinging and missing in the optics or whatever. But he did dedicate himself to making significant changes this off season because he knew that 2023 was not acceptable for him for a lot of different people and and for a lot of reasons. You know, nothing. I can't name something that went right last year. Even Aaron Judge was spectacular when he was available, but he ran into the old-fashioned Dodger Stadium wall and crunched his toes. So even the best parts of last season, Garrett Cole is the centerpiece of last season, but he's the only one who stayed game one through game 162. Um, and we got into that. That sent Yankee fans into debate mode where they're like, is the infrastructure wrong? Are the players wrong? Do we need this full makeover? Or was this sort of a worst case scenario? And spring training is the ultimate time when you start buying into bounce backs or being sold bounce backs. Where are you at right now entering 2024 in terms of thinking about last year's disaster? And oh, like what, what was preventable? Yeah. I'm way off it, bro. I've been saying for months that Yankee fans want to live in 82 and 80 so bad. Like they want to bring up 82 and 80. Like that is what they've been forced to watch with the Yankees their entire lives. You haven't. That's the worst Yankee season that most of us have ever seen. You haven't had to deal with that. You've dealt with consistency and winning and postseason experience. And like, obviously it's a 15 year drought with the World Series, but most of us that are above 30 years old, we're Yankee fans because all they did was win. They dominated. So um, I, I don't care about last year because we had Aaron Hicks on this team, Josh Donaldson on this team, Franchi Cordero, um, Jake Bowers, Billy McKinney, like Greg Allen was in there. IKF was playing every day, playing six different positions. That's not this team. Um, so where am I at now? I am hopeful. Spring uh, brings on hope and optimism. I hope it gets warm out here. I hope that these guys are pissed off with a chip on their shoulder to prove that what we saw last year was everything going wrong and uh, potentially everything can go right this season. Yeah, there's been, we, it's been a 180 this offseason, right? With like, you know, we've complained a lot about, I think everybody's complained a lot about Cashman where there hasn't been enough, you know, going for the jugular type moves um, in this offseason. I wouldn't call Verdugo that, but getting Verdugo in the bottom of the lineup really changes the complexion of the lineup um, because we had, like you said, a bunch of nobodies pretty much hitting six through nine and Volpe was getting his footing underneath him. You get Soto. Um, I think Stroman's a big boy move. I know people would debate that, but like, that's kind of what we're looking for. Then again, how confident are you in this team doing a 180? Like, you don't think any of the problems last year are going to seep into this year, and you don't think like the 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 chemistry work they're going to have to do year over year is going to be a little bit uh, maybe insurmountable or problematic? Oh, uh, two part two part answer. Injuries are just part of the Yankees now. They oh. try to build rest. They try to give guys double off days. They misdiagnose their own players consistently. Jose Trevino comes in with a bum wrist. Goes all the way till June, July. Then they shut him down. Anthony Rizzo is concussed playing for two months to the point where he can't see the ball. He's at first base and doesn't know how many outs there are. Something's wrong with the noggin. Maybe should have checked on that. So um, they lead the league in IL trips since that 2019 next man up season where we all thought it was cool. Like, oh, yeah, look at these guys like Mike Tockman that we're finding. Gio Urshela, but nah, that ain't cool. We want to see the Yankees be the Yankees. So that's the first part of it. Like, they got to stay healthy. Garrett Cole called it out, right? Garrett Cole is pretty reliable. So he's looking around and saying, we need to do a better job at being available to play. And then the second part is, yes, managing personalities. This is Aaron Boone's last year of his contract. Uh, I got the opportunity to interview Aaron Boone, but I didn't get the opportunity to ask him one question that, like, low-key bothers me. Why does everybody have a pet name? Why are you so buddy-buddy with the team? I get it that these guys love you, but they should fear you in, a, in, a, in an aspect. They should respect you and like almost fear you where they go out there and play hard for you and don't want to disappoint you. I feel like at times with the judgy and glaby and kingy and you know, feel like Boone wants to be cool dad. I didn't get a chance to ask him that, but I think that in this last year of his contract, it's an all-in year for him. Verdugo's trying to get paid. Glaber's trying to get paid. Soto's trying to get paid. Cole and Judge are in their primes. He's got to manage personalities because I think now we have a couple more alphas on this team, a couple uh, guys added to this team that have their own swag and energy and have to learn the Yankee way. 
but I think he'll have help from the captain, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is such an imposing figure. Everybody has to follow his lead, and he absolutely loves Aaron Boone. So uh, the two parts of that question is they got to stay healthy and they got to check egos, and everybody's got to show up like, we play today, we win today, that's it. Yeah, that's what I miss. And we know Verdugo is a management challenge, at least a little bit. I think Alex Cora is maybe one of my least favorite guys in sports. But if, <laughs> if they're clashing, like if they're clashing and they're that's really the only guy Cora clashes with publicly, you know that Boone's going to be put to the test there in trying to take a big personality like that and and sort of mold him in the Yankee way. And maybe, uh, maybe he'll learn a lesson about you can't just treat everybody buddy-buddy, like you said, because there are going to be people like Verdugo who actually need some tough love early to fall, not fall in line. I mean, I want to see his personality shine, but I also don't want to see him take over this locker room. He can't. It, 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 this is not Boston. And, you know, I, I think back to last year, Carlos Rodon, his last outing stinks up the place. Can't yep. get an out in Kansas City against the 106 lost Royals. Like, the Royals tied their worst season of all time. This guy couldn't retire a batter. And he's got the audacity to turn his back on Matt Blake and have this attitude, I'm like, bro, that shows that there's just no order. That shows that a guy in his first year with the Yankees, not even his first year, his first half year, because he missed half the year and he was terrible. He's carrying himself like he's a, a big money hotshot. And it's like, no, that's not the way, bro. There's no names on the back of the jerseys for a reason. Like, great players have come through this franchise. You're nothing. You better fall in line. Even with Glaber Torres, right? They always ask. Boone after the game, like, oh, Glaber didn't hustle to first. Did you talk to him about that? Or, you know, Glaber didn't seem locked in. He didn't, uh, you know, uh, he got thrown out on the base pass. Or, he, you know, he didn't know how many outs there were. Like, did you talk to him about that? Yeah, yeah Glaber and I spoke. But, like, Glaber's probably looking at Boone like, ah, Booney, yeah, we'll get him next time. Like, no, man. Like, it's time to tighten up. It's time to tighten all the way up. Yeah, that's been – that's really where – you look at the chat. I'm sure people are flipping out about Boone because our, our viewers yeah. do not like Aaron Boone. Well, they're flipping out because we're drinking water today instead of Celsius. Oh, no Celsius, yeah. Because we're being big boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm awake. You guys aren't wrong. Yeah. Like, Keith, Keith changed me. Like, I'm just not – I'm not that tired. Like I'm ready. I'm ready for the conversation. But yeah, they are. They're freaking out about Boone. That yeah. Celsius is cracked. Don't need that all the time. Don't no, need it's that not a workout drink. Like they say, it's a pre-workout drink. There's no way. Like it just that's not healthy. <laughs> Boone could use a Celsius. Oh, look, I I like Aaron Boone. I um, I I have my issues with him. I know all Yankee fans do, but like. It partially, you know, it falls on the front office too. Like you bring in a guy like Donaldson, who you know is going to go rogue and act the way he does. He makes Boone late for the presser that one day, and you're like, what is happening? Um, so it's like how now I'm wondering how Aaron Boone is actually going to be able to, you know, hold court properly because I feel like he's been tested. I feel like the, a lot of guys have, like, tested last year with Rodon, tested last year and the year before with Donaldson. Like, even with these other bigger guys on the team, there's, there's always these questions. There's always – you know, the back page, they're, they're writing stuff about players and creating this controversy and, and this negative energy. And there's kind of no response to it. It's always like, yeah, we're not paying attention to that. Or like, oh, yeah, this is that. That's that's whatever. And you're right. Like, labor probably does. Like, oh, yeah, Booney, whatever. Oh, yeah, this and that. But like, how is he after talking to him? How do you, do you feel he's up for that challenge? And how after these last few years in dealing with that stuff, how do you think he can adapt? I think that. Like, like the pressure is on everybody. And I think, you know, pressure can burst pipes, but it also can create diamonds. And if they have the right chemistry in that locker room, um, I think Boone is the right guy to handle it because he knows guys well enough. He does have some respect. He's just got to be a little bit more stern. Like, what the hell was going on with Domingo Herman last year? He showed up to the ballpark drunk. Remember, he got scratched, and then he was available later in the game. And then the next day, he showed up drunk. And supposedly he, like, said something to Ron Marinaccio and, like, broke a TV. Like, can somebody put their foot down? Can the manager have some order in the clubhouse? Like, I don't even really want to know what's going on. But obviously Domingo had issues of his own that were well documented. Boone has to uh, more than, like, we, we know it's a collaborative effort with the lineup. They also lead the league in different lineups every year. Uh, we know it's a collaborative effort as far as, how long guys are going to go in games and what lanes they're going to find for guys to come out of the bullpen. So to me, Boone's main job is to manage personalities. And I also did ask him when I talked to him, I'm like, bro, 
you're going to chill with the Yankees versus the umps? Like, <laughs> all of these umpires have it out for us. And he's like, ah, oh, well, you know, I only got thrown out one time in the second half. So he, he was saying he did a little bit better, and he did say he was a little bit embarrassed when he did the that was good. <laughs> uh, what was that? Uh, not Angel Hernandez. Um, it's a White Sox game. I don't remember. Who yeah. Was. Oh, oh. I can't think of uh, the ump he was doing the. Uh, yeah, the ring up. Oh man, the impression of. But he yeah. said like, you know, he went viral with that, and his daughter was like showing him the phone, like, bro, what are you on? Like, what are you doing? And he felt a little embarrassed. So I think he said he's he's always trying to defend his guys so that they don't get tossed, but like at the same time he knows he's got to chill because. Um, there was another young umpire in that Orioles game. He got into his face oh my and, God, it, and yeah. yelling at him, he spit in his face. And I'm like, yo, these guys are like, all right, bet. Okay, you're getting no calls. Like yeah. we're, now we're literally calling like low strikes on Aaron Judge's shoelaces every time we can. Yeah, 25 years ago, I used to get Robbie Alomar suspended. Now Aaron Boone's just doing it. It was it was Laz Diaz as our commenters brought up. It was Laz Diaz's trademark strike call. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like to... If Boone can limit it to just one this year, I'd like to see him do Laz again, but maybe that's, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Um, talk about the front office, and, and Thomas, you mentioned, like, go for it moves. I do think, and this is not, look, there's a Yankee fan podcast. It's a good time for, you know, this is not national. This is not national. You got to deal with the fandom. Um, I don't think people are giving the team enough credit for trading for Juan Soto. Like, I, I honestly, I don't think people are thinking about Juan Soto as enough of a game changer. It's not just all-star it's not just powerful lefty like it's the best left-handed hitter possible it's a future hall of famer yeah like it really mattered Beautiful. getting that deal across the finish line and and you you know forget the value i think they got good value in that trade but yeah. even if they hadn't that is like that's a that's adding a hall of famer entering his prime not in his prime it's like before his prime so what are your expectations I mean, expectations high, but like that fit for this year, even if he leaves, I still feel like this was a worthwhile game to play. And I do think he stays, but I feel like people are treating one year of Soto as like a big L when in reality, it's pretty much the biggest year over year change you can make to this team. Oh, bro. I like that day. I remember waking up and we were hearing rumblings. It was like the last day of winter meetings. And I was like, yo, like I could feel the energy. I'm like, yo, we're back. Like, put your Yankee stuff on. Be proud today. Like the evil empire, they're actually getting back to like realizing like the best players in the world, the most feared hitters need to be on this team and not a bunch of random journeymen, scrap heap, bargain bin, clearance rack scrubs. So that day goes by and nothing happens. And Bob Nightingale, I remember like I always block him or like mute him because he was like, he was stirring the pot like, oh, well, Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman have left the winter meetings. They're on their way to the airport. No deal has been done. I'm like, I'm like, all right. I'm like, I spent this whole day refreshing Twitter, thinking it was going down. And then it happened right before I went on WFAN. And I'm like, we're back, baby. We're back. This strikes fear into people's hearts. And a lot of times, man, it starts in your mind. Everything starts in your mind. And Juan Soto is one of the most feared hitters in the league. He's already a World Series champion. He has that pedigree. He, he's a generational player that at 25 years old, it's two things this year. It adds a guy right next to Aaron Judge, who is arguably the other most feared hitter. It's really it's really these two guys, Otani and Acuna. Um, but when you have those two next to each other in the lineup, no pitcher is waking up that day excited to play against the New York Yankees knowing that they have to face those two guys. And then the other part of it is we have a leg up in signing him. The fact that he gets this like free trial year, it's not a free trial, an arbitration. He, he's going to, you know, be uh, paid 31 million. But you understand, like, it, it'd be one thing if we were going into free agency, like, hey, come to us and we got to bid with everyone else. Like, we get to sweeten the pot. We get to kind of influence him, his family. We get to show him the difference from. Petco Park in San Diego, Nats Park, Park in Washington, D.C., and New York City, Yankee Stadium, Yankee fans. This is a Dominican. This is a baseball guy who loves the game, like knows the history of the game. I mean, it just it's going to be a great year 
and uh, the Yankees making this move, they had to do it. I, I think Cashman didn't want to give up Michael King, and Hal Steinbrenner was like, hey, stupid, like, you can't you, you can't let this deal not go through because of Michael King. The fans will absolutely lose their minds, get it done, and they did. Yeah, it's been unfair how people have boiled this down to just like, oh, it's one year, or like, oh, the uh, of course, like the Yankees got him. They they had to get him, and you know, uh, the Yan- things always go the Yankees' way, and it's like not really. It re- kind of re- like tons of free agents have spurned us. We've gotten blackballed on the trade market left and right. We just saw it with the Corbin Burns deal, in my opinion, like that was the definition of it. Um, and yeah, I think the Mets fan stuff. Which, which I think we can get into right now is the most ridiculous. Like they are simulating until November and they're trying to be, Oh, it's not worth it for the Yankees. You know, he's going to be a Met. He's going to take the most money. And it's like, a, why are you thinking that you have a full baseball season ahead of you and you got your own problems to sort out with all, everything that's transpired in New York since Steve Cohen has taken over. And B it's like, even if Soto leaves for you and we have the shot that we do to win a world series, like what are you even looking ahead for? How have you, how have you dealt with this, especially at the fan when we know there are Mets fans there and they're, and they're, they're believing this stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Let's start with that. Like I, I listened today to Salicata who literally said like, Oh, but next year Soto is ours. And I'm like, come on, bro. Are you guys really selling yourselves on this? Right now, you go from out of, like, the left side of your mouth talking about, why can't we sign Jordan Montgomery? We have no pitching. Why can't we sign a pitcher? We're we're bargain bin shopping for Michael Lorenzen and Mike Clevenger to the other side of your mouth saying, Soto is good as ours next year. Like, you don't know that. Uh, These same people, not just the hosts on WFAN, but these same Mets fans told me that Yamamoto was going to be a Met. And uh, wait till Otani becomes a free agent. He's definitely coming to Queens. And, oh, Jacob deGrom will never leave because now we've got the richest owner in the sport. We can afford him. Oh, that 99 is going to look really nice and blue and orange. After the year Judge had, they didn't even offer him. So it's like two things. You keep talking about somebody else's money. You keep counting somebody else's dollars. You keep spending your owner's money. And he's he's not doing what you think he's going to do. He's not able to do because – Money isn't everything. You can't sell a loser. You can't sell somebody on spending their career in Queens with David Stearns and the now Milwaukee Mets. Like, I've been doing this for weeks now. We can we can talk every angle of it. Juan Soto is a Yankee this year. So he's going to get to go through a whole season and see the contrast between the New York Mets, the New York Yankees. Are the Mets going to win this year? Most signs point to no. They won 75 games last year. They don't have a solid rotation. They are trying to evaluate young talent. It's not going to be as simple as, okay, the Yankees offer Soto $550 million and Steve Cohen offers $600 million and Juan Soto says, oh, done deal, done. I'll, I'll go be a Met. Because once you get a taste of New York City and rolling with the winners, the A team, not the B team, it's going to be extremely hard to leave to go to the other side for $50 million. And I'm not a rich guy. I pray that one day I actually know what a million dollars feels like. But I do know enough math to realize that the difference between $550, $600 million is money that Juan Soto is not going to be alive to spend. Like, he's going to be filthy rich. He's going to be generationally rich as a generational talent. He'll be able to um, give everybody in the Dominican Republic a uh, a stimulus check. But, like, <laughs> he'd be a fool to join the Mets. And these Mets fans are fools talking about a, another guy that like like Otani didn't even return a phone call like they're saying oh well he we know he you know we know Boris clients are going to test free agency worry about Scott Boris's client that you have at first base right now Pete Alonzo like this is preposterous enough already you can't just lock in on your own season right you have nothing to look forward to in this 2024 season so you're making photoshop pictures of Juan Soto in a black Mets jersey Next year, it's just so pathetic. It's like, damn, like I love baseball. I can't wait till we have baseball on every single day. I couldn't imagine being that lame. I couldn't imagine being that delusional that I have to have eyes on somebody else's girl. Like, that's what it's like, right? It's like, oh, well, when you break up with her, she's good as mine. No, she don't even like your type. She wouldn't even return your your text. Like, you can't even get her number, bro. You think 
your money can buy like money isn't everything you got no game like you're losers <laughs> you guys are you guys are consistently trash nobody wants to put on that bum ass jersey like you think name one other guy starling Marte came over there yeah and he's finessed uh verlander and scherzer came over there yeah they hit the mega millions and then they left they were traded away they sucked like what are we talking about Severino, Ottavino, oh, everybody God. who we, everybody Harrison who we Bader, don't want anymore. You, you paid, Bader. you paid Brandon Nimmo center field money last year in free agency to move him to left field and sign Harrison Bader. What goes on? Yeah, I mean Salakata, sorry, but the NL East is over. You're gonna finish oh. fourth. You're gonna finish oh. fourth. <laughs> over. Oh, that's an all-time bad one. Like Sal is popular in Atlanta. For proclaiming oh, that sure the NL East was over in in like May, and then the Braves went on a historic run. They played at a like a seven hundred pace. A 700 yeah. Uh, they take the. I mean, they they play at a seven hundred pace and take the Mets out, and so yeah, Sal's got to live with that. But Ooh. yeah, you you nailed it. I mean, you nailed it thirty five different ways. But right up top when. He and other Mets fans are complaining about how they won't go the extra mile, try to compete, even sign Montgomery in their bargain bin shopping for pitchers. But yeah, next year, Cohen's going to outbid the field by $150, $200 million, something he has not done yet ever. He hasn't even had, I don't think, the highest offer on the table for any of these free agents. He wussed out on Carlos Correa. Like, that's not how billionaires become billionaires. Perfect example is Carlos Correa. Yeah, Carlos Correa is going to be the new A-Rod. He's going to come play third base next to Lindor. How'd that work out? Oh, the medicals, the physicals, his ankle. Like, these guys are, are hilarious. They uh, they literally punted at the deadline five days before the deadline, sold off everybody. D-Rob, Mark Canna, Eduardo Escobar, Tommy Pham, Scherzer, Verlander. They just completely gave up. We've never seen that in baseball because no owner would just waste that much money willingly. Just be like, ah. I can afford it, but uh, it's crazy to think that the Met fan really believes that, like, because they have this rich owner now. You know what it is? It's because they're coming from the Will Ponds that that never spent. They punched above their weight class for a couple years, and they actually can't accept the fact that now David Stearns is controlling the money. He's controlling the spending, and they want to latch on to the fact. Well, we're saving for Juan Soto. No, 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 no. Like, JD Martinez didn't sign with the Giants because he didn't want to play there. Aaron Judge left $40 million on the table because he didn't want to be a Padre. There is a such thing in modern-day baseball like Otani. Otani never went to Toronto like those Blue Jays fans were hoping and dreaming. <laughs> he knew where he was going the whole time. That's yeah. why he wanted to keep it quiet. He's like, ah, I've been eyeing the Dodgers for the last five years. Like, I just got to get the money right. So, man, nobody wants to be a Met. These guys get traded there like Lindor, um, or they they come up in the, in the farm system like Alonzo, McNeil, Nimmo. Nobody is actually trying to sign their life away to be in Queens. It's a, it's a, tough, it's a tough thing to sell. Um, and I, I mean, look, I wish the Mets were good. I, I like the healthy competition in New York when the Giants and the Jets are good. It's to me, it's fun. Um, when was the last time that happened? Though? I, I mean, we were it, in college, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, literally a decade ago. Um, but yeah, but I, well, enough about Mets fans. Let's talk about Yankees fans. And you mentioned Yamamoto because the Mets were. The Mets believe the Yamamoto. Talk about another example of the Mets being used. Yamamoto used the Mets to get the price up to three hundred twenty-five million, and then he said, "Hey, Dodgers, this is this is the price that I got. Are you willing to match it?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, sure. We'll give you we'll give you an extra year or two to for, for security purposes, um, and then we'll throw in a bunch of uh, luxury. Uh, lu- what was it like? The luxury um, Rams tickets? Yeah, it was crazy. No. The private jet or whatever. Um, so yeah, so the Yankees." What was your feeling on the Yankees Yamamoto situation? Because, and this is going to segue into Mike's question about fans, because um, I don't think everybody kind of understood the the angle Yamamoto had, and I think a lot of Yankees fans Yankees fans have their differences. I know there's always there's always divide on social media, um, and people are disagreeing over just the most nonsensical stuff. But this really put me over the edge because people were convinced another. 25 50 million was going to convince Yamamoto to come to New York. That was never the case for me. He knew where he was going. The Yankees gave what they felt was the most creative deal they possibly could. So, what was your take on that whole situation because I, I you were probably in the weeds with that with calls every friggin' night from people. So, let, let's hear it from you. Uh some Yankee fans turned on me because I said this offseason is not Yamasoto. It's Yamamotani. Did you guys watch the yeah. World Baseball Classic last year? 
Like these guys have been plotting this since they were in America and didn't lose a damn game. They dominated. The Japanese team was ridiculous. Um, I, I even go back to Cashman being front and center for the Yamanono. Yamamoto threw a no-hitter in yeah. Japan, and Cashman was there. Cashman was there like a little fangirl, waving, saved his ticket stub. So, you know, I saw those videos, and I was like, all right, you know, Cashman's doing his due diligence. Supposedly they've been uh, scouting him for years. Yeah. And I had a slight thought in my mind from one of my favorite pitchers ever with the New York Yankees, two of my favorite pitchers ever, uh, Masahiro Tanaka and Hidoki Kuroda. So I'm thinking that he's going to be in line to be like them because there was a line of thought out there that these Japanese players don't want to steal the spotlight from other Japanese players. They want to be on their own teams. They want to be the only Japanese player that the media is covering on. I knew that wasn't the case. No one can steal spotlight from Otani. You join him. You jump on his spotlight um, to make yours bigger. But, um, you know, to close my thoughts on it, you know, even with that 18 jersey being available, Tanaka wore 19 because Hiroki Kuroda wore 18. 18 is the ace number. The Yankees supposedly gave him a number 18 Yankee jersey. There were pictures of him with the Yankee hat. But, no, this guy always wanted to go to L.A. He was working out at UCLA during all of this. And um, if you remember correctly, Joel Wolf, who is also John Carlos Stanton's agent, he put out a, a pretty damning statement. He said, you know, when Cashman was at the GM meetings in Arizona talking about how, you know, it seems getting injured is a part of his game, talking about John Carlos Stanton, Joel Wolf came out and said, uh, let this be a message to players um, uh, domestically and internationally that, like, playing for that team, you have to have your guard up at all times. Like, you have to be prepared for anything. And uh, I think John Carlos Stanton took it personal since he got in really great shape. But I also think Joel Wolf looked at it as like, I'm not sending my client over there. We'll use these guys. We'll use the Mets. And the Mets got absolutely finessed. Uh, Steve Cohen flew to Japan and took Yamamoto and his whole family out to like a French cuisine dinner, uh, wined and dined them. And then he <laughs> let this man come into his home. Like he, he came to New York and they invited him to his estate. Like what? You had him come to your house where you sleep? Like, damn, you got hold. You got played completely. Uh, the Yankees, though, had a bar. And if it's true or not, I sleep well at night knowing that Garrett Cole's the AL Cy Young winner, and they weren't about to pay a guy that hadn't thrown a single pitch in a American League, uh, National League, and Major League Baseball. They weren't about to pay this guy more than Garrett Cole. Like, there's a line, and you got to have a line. And good luck to Yamamoto and the Dodgers, but I'm actively rooting for them to fail. A hundred percent, a thousand percent. And I, I think, like, what got misconstrued is when it came out the Yankees didn't want to pay Yamamoto more than Cole. And people are like, oh, will they never pay anyone more than Cole or Judge? And it's like, no, they didn't want to pay this guy who's never thrown a major league pitch who they just had that agitation you mentioned with his agent more than Cole. like 5'10", 170 pounds. Let's see how he holds up. I was watching him pitch yesterday. Two things, and not to cut you off, but you guys need to know these things. Um they said he was tipping his pitches from the center field cam. There's already a viral video on TikTok, Twitter that like, yo, this guy was tipping his pitches. They better get that under control. And two, the way he cocks back and the torque in his arm, they think he's Tim Lincecum. Nah, let's see. Let's see how long he holds up. Let's see how long he's able to throw like that. He looks filthy. His stuff was dirty yesterday. I was like, okay, I see the hype. But uh, he's got a hold up through the duration of that contract and this like next decade with Otani. And I just, I expect them to fail, but they're not going to be mad because that Japanese revenue that the Dodgers are about to collect on top of the fact that they always lead the league in attendance. Like the Dodgers are printing money. They're printing money with uh, Yamamoto and Otani's face on it. Yeah. Everybody did that thing yesterday too, where they clipped the first highlight, like him getting Nate Lowe and they do the, Oh, he's going to be a problem thing or like, NBA Twitter's been laughing about that for 15 years. It's like a Mario Chalmers layup. And they're like, Prime <laughs> Mario was a problem. And so it's like, you could do that. I mean, you could get a Graham Ashcraft curveball and be like, is this guy the best pitcher in baseball? No. It's like, I was impressed with the stuff too, like you said. But there, there are negatives there. And, and it's not like the Yankees have shut themselves down to future opportunities to improve. Uh, but this year, it does feel like this is the rotation they're going with. Like, there was Blake Snell flirtation. That window feels like it's closed. Rodon is here. He's making a lot of money. This might be a make or break year for him, but right now year two of six at whatever 28 per 
you kind of have to, you know, he's in the rotation. He mattered. If they succeed this year, it'll be in large part because of him. And they might try to ensure against that at the deadline. But uh, it feels like these are the guys pending, you know, uh, we got to wait until the summer. Are you comfortable with that? Or whether you're comfortable or not, are you good not paying Blake Snell the 110% tax, $30 million annual or whatever that's going to end up being for somebody? I, I knew that they could not play uh, pay Blake Snell. I had uh, BK Brendan Cuddy on my show last Monday. Him and Chris Kirstner wrote the whole article out for the Yankees universe to read that, like, where the Yankees are, if you actually sign this guy, you are going to be paying twice as much. They're not going to do that. They offered him early in the offseason before they signed Stroman. He declined that offer. They don't have the wiggle room. They, I guess, you know, some people are holding out hope that they can get crafty, but the rotation is the rotation. And what I'll say to Yankee fans that if you really watch this team over the years, the pitching is not the problem. Last year, in the regular season, they couldn't score more than three runs. The lineup was the problem. They could not manufacture runs without judge. I liken the Yankees offense to an NFL offense without their starting quarterback. Didn't know Aaron Rodgers was going to go down. But that was exactly it. Like, yo, these guys can't move the sticks. The Yankees always find pitching. Oh, they also have the American League Cy Young winner that you can count on on cold day every five days. Let's just say this, right? I know that Rodon wasn't good last year and he missed half the year. I know that Nestor Cortez missed half the year and so did Marcus Stroman. But two years ago, Nestor Cortez was an all-star pitching to a Cy Young level looking like a left-handed ace, if he can get back to some of that, we're asking him to be a number four. Stroman was also an all-star last year with the Cubs. And I don't know if you guys ever been out to Wrigley. It's a big baseball spot on the north side. Like, that's not a small marketplace. That's not a little place. You're not hiding there. Everyone is there watching, and Stroman performed there. Now he gets to live his dream. This guy is wearing vintage Yankees merch at practice. That like I'm like, where the hell did he get that? Oh, he must have like, got it either – uh, 30 years ago, or, um, you know, just is that much of a Yankees fan and collector. And then Rodon, he slimmed down, and uh, he knows he's got to be better. And if he can look more like he looked in San Francisco and Chicago, then this rotation is going to be fine. Clark Schmidt, I didn't mention, but Clark Schmidt looked good in his first outing, and I feel like people are sleeping on Clark. Clark was a top pick. This is Clark's second year. His second half of last year was pretty decent after being um, pretty shaky and not being able to go deep in games. The bullpen is always solid. Matt Blake and Garrett Cole are two baseball savants when it comes to pitching. The pitching is not the problem. This rotation is going to be fine. And not for nothing, the Yankees are in on Corbin Burns. They're not going to trade Spencer Jones. They will be literally looking for another arm that they could trade for, like a Dylan Cease or a Shane Bieber, until, like Cashman says, it's pencils down on July 30th. If if this rotation gets hurt or this rotation is not it, they will make a trade to get another guy. Yeah, and the, look, they, you're right. They have, it's Yankees fans, right? It's like everyone's like, oh, we need more. We need more stars. Like the rotation only has five starters and what? Want Luke Weaver's the six? That's unacceptable. We need mm-hmm. uh, we need Clark Schmidt to be the six, and we need Blake Snell's the number two. It's like, yeah, that'd be great, but we're not really in that position right now. And the ta- we, we had people on the episode a couple weeks ago saying, stop talking about the tax implications. Nobody gives a shit. We're like, that's the whole reason they're not signing well, The them. whole league cares yeah. about them. What are we yeah. talking about? Yeah. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to be thinking about the tax, yeah. but if I'm doing myself a disservice, if I'm not. Yeah. But there's there's penalties. Point. There's draft picks. There's like, they don't, yeah. they don't want to do this. So Steve Cohen tax, like, did you guys miss the whole lockout? Did you guys miss the yeah. whole collective bargain? Like this is, this is exactly what everybody cares about. You fans want to ignore it. Cause you don't want to read and do math. But I'll also say this about, you know, the Yankees, right? Um, like Luis Heel is, is there. We saw yeah. him two years ago and we were like, who the hell is this? They always have a Randy Vasquez, a Johnny Brito, uh, Anthony Manischewitz. I know I didn't pronounce his name right. Um, they always have one of these guys fill in to start. And they traded away J.P. Sears, Luis Medina, Ken Waldachuk. Uh, they traded away Thorpe, Michael King. They have to replace 400 innings from last year with Domingo Herman gone and Luis yeah. Severino. They don't care because if if they know one thing, 
they know they have Chase Hampton and Clayton Beater and these guys waiting in the wings that can come up and make a couple spot starts. Yeah, it's a, that's the, the we always talk about that too. It's like people were wanting them to sign Hater, and it's like, why? We already made that mistake with Chapman and this team prints relievers. Um, and we, I, I think you're right. Like the pitching is not the problem. Some people will cite like, you know, behind Garrett Cole last year, it really wasn't that great in the rotation. And it's like, yeah, but also what if this team scored seven runs a couple times a week? Like would have been a really, really different scenario. Um, but Garrett Cole, something I've wanted to talk about with you for a while, Keith, because, um, we initially, I think, um, at least you gave me comfort when I would write, um, critical things about Garrett Cole, because I felt like you, um, were on at least my thought process with he got the largest contract ever wild card game in 2021 was a bad look you had the lead the league in home run what was that in home runs was that 2022 um there was a lot of problems um for somebody getting paid that amount of money and we know new york is different it's like everything gets ratcheted ratcheted up here and, and you got to deliver and if you're not delivering in the spotlight then what are you good for and i know that that's not fair but Cy Young year, I know it came during the 82 and 80 season. How's how's your Garrett Cole fandom been as of late? Man, I'm I'm a, a bigger Garrett Cole fan now. I was in 2019. I'll never forget that moment. That moment I woke up. Uh, I went to sleep. I just referenced this. I went to sleep and people were saying he's an angel. He grew up going to the big A, Angels Stadium. Hal Steinbrenner's too cheap to sign this guy. And the numbers were floated out on Yankees Twitter the night before. So I went to bed and I'm like, whatever, yo, like I'm not, I'm not beat. I got to get up in the morning. And then when I did get up at like six or 7 AM and saw that they signed him, I'm like, yo, we got Garrett. It felt like Christmas because yeah. we had saw this guy. I was at uh game four of the ALCS when he pitched against us. We saw how dominant he was with the Astros. Of course we should have known if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Uh, he had the sticky stuff over there. And that's another thing that has to be said about Garrett Cole, his adjustment post sticky stuff ban. Um, and you mentioned that wild card game. He was dealing with a hamstring injury and he was out that year with COVID. It was a weird ass year for everybody in the world. Um, the Yankees also didn't handle business like they could have avoided having to go to Fenway. Uh, if Giancarlo Stanton gets a hold of a couple of those in Yankee Stadium, it's a different game if there's not a green monster there. So um, if we go back to 2021, it was tough. The way Fenway set up, I, I talked to people that went to that game. They were they were like making fun of Garrett Cole's voice. Someone yeah. had like a Kermit the Frog Muppet. They were like really on top of him during his warm up bullpen session. Not saying it's an excuse making thirty six million a year, but you learn from those things, right? This is a Yankee fan today, tomorrow, forever who wanted to be a Yankee. It took him a couple years. Twenty twenty two. I was in there. Uh, what was it? Opening day. He gave up yeah. a home run to Devers before That's we could even bad. get in our seats. And I'm like, bro, you gotta be better than this. I think he led the league with over 30 home runs given up. And I'm like, that's not an ace. That's not an ace. He figured that out and he bounced back last year. So much so in the worst year that we've ever seen, the one bright spot was we got another Cy Young winner. I think the first since Roger Clemens. And now I look at him as a leader of this team, um, a secondary almost captain behind judge on this team, a consistent on this team, someone you don't have to worry about. You get excited for Cole day. I'm a big Garrett Cole fan because I also look around the league at how fragile these pitchers are, and Cole is always available. He's there. And I also have heard him talk about pitching in his interviews, and I know he is a pitching coach. He's helping everybody else. He's watching everybody else. He's talking to everybody else. He wants to win. So big Garrett Cole fan. Um, he was the starter in the All-Star game for the American League, and I was out there in Seattle. I saw his interview, and he said he checked that off the list, right? And the, they asked him, what else is on the list? He said, the last thing to do is to start and win the World Series. He obviously went to the World Series with the Astros, and they lost to Juan Soto and the Nationals. But now he wants to check off the last thing, which is to pitch and win a World Series for the New York Yankees. And if you remember two years ago, he was pretty solid in October, even though he did give up yeah. all those home runs. In October, he kind of got us all um, you know, back on his side. And I think that carried over into 2023. I'm really excited for him in 2024. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, and he wants to do it here too. Like that's always important to me. And it kind of feels like Soto does too, but Cole, lifelong Yankee fan, rock that sign like you said. Um, it matters to me that he wants a World Series. He wants to do it at home, and this is his home. Uh, also, that 2021 you know, season that ended at Fenway, just another example of the ball bouncing the Red Sox way like it always does, even though those fans are crying boycott. The Red Sox were down 5-1 in the sixth inning of the last game of that season, and we didn't even really notice it because the Yankees were in that 0-0 game against the Rays that Judge walked off. The Red Sox came back from 5-1 down and beat the Nationals. If they don't do that, they're not even in the playoffs. Yep. But, of course – they do, and we do, and then we get the chance to get embarrassed on their home turf again. The first time things end poorly for Boston will be the first time that's happened since 2004. I can't take those people. We did enough Met fan shit earlier. I feel like we got to throw some Red Sox fan stuff in there, too, because I can't believe they're trying to boycott just because they don't like the way the owner is allocating money after all he's given them. Maybe it's just um, scripted for Netflix. They have this whole yeah. season being documented on Netflix, Hard Knocks style. So maybe it's uh, it's all Hollywood plan. <laughs> feels a little bit like it. I don't know why else the people would be, why the camera people would have chosen uh, a last place supposed Boston Red Sox team. But we move. Um we deal with uh, we deal with absurd fans here and some absurd commenters. We love them, but they're uh, they're nuts. Um, you deal with way more because you're on the FAN shift late, uh, where you got people calling. You mentioned a few times during this show that you got guys that you have to rebuke, talk about you know Yamasoto all day. Uh, what sort of the craziest take you've heard going into 2024 that you've had to deal with the last couple weeks as spring training has really started? Like where are fans off base right now? Oh, man, I mean, these guys call up the pitching. They just call up, and the the worst take that exists right now is the Yankees are supposed to be all in after trading for Juan Soto, but the moves that they made outside of him show that they're not all in. And I'm like, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Are you serious? I'm like, Verdugo doesn't count as anything. They did that before Juan Soto. Stroman doesn't count as anything. No, Keith, no. They're banking on the same guys that are hurt every year that are old. DJ LeMayu, Rizzo, Stanton, Rodon sucked last year. Nestor wasn't good last year. He's going to turn back into a pumpkin. Uh, we don't know what Volpe's going to be. Volpe's a 200 hitter. This team is going to fail because they've got one year of Soto and they didn't go all in and he's going to leave next year and Hal's not going to pay him. I'm like, I don't believe any of that. I don't believe any of that. I believe the, the biggest issue with this team, again, was hitting. And they now have put an Alex Verdugo in this lineup who can hit leadoff. Oh, he's a left-handed bat. That also addresses the biggest issue with this team. Not enough balance. Not enough left-handed hitters. Not enough professional outfielders. I don't know how many times in the last two years I've had to watch the Yankees put different guys in left field. Ball will find you. That ball finds grass in left field way too much in Yankee Stadium. They literally put guys in the outfield in Yankee Stadium that can't play their own outfield. I think it's preposterous. I think it's ridiculous, but they've done it. Um, now you actually have major league caliber outfielders, left-handed hitters, really good left-handed hitters, and I think that the pitching is never a problem. When we get to the postseason this year, uh, I, I think that they're going to have the right mojo, the right energy, but that's another thing I say to these, these people, right? Someone said to me, you, you're picking the Yankees to win the World Series? I'm like, yeah, every year since I was five, but if I had to pick – the field versus the Yankees, I'm picking the field because you have to build a champion, right? The Texas Rangers didn't know at this time last year they were building a champion, but they did go for it. They were trying, and they had the right mix of spending for a Corey Seager, a Marcus Simeon, um, but then also developing an Evan Carter, a Josh Young. They've got some other guys coming up. Um, Adelise Garcino, Garcia went absolutely ridiculous last year. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you have to build a contender as you go through the season, you have to put together the right pieces of the puzzle. And I think the Yankees do. We'll see what Jason Dominguez is this year. We saw a little bit of him, right? That was their saving grace last year. They just broke the glass in case of emergency, uh, released the Martian. And he comes up his first swing and takes Verlander deep in Houston. And, of course, out of all the times that the Yankees could win in Houston where they never win, 
they did it then when it really didn't mean anything. So I think when you look at Volpe, when you look at Dominguez, Austin Wells, they have some young guys that are going to contribute. And then they also have some older guys that, you know, have experience that know that they're on the other side of 30 and there's no time left. I just I, I think there's going to be a sense of urgency that will create a, a winning culture and the Yankees will return to dominance this year. The Orioles don't scare me. They got to show me they can do it again. Um, the Blue Jays are always fraudulent. Now they're going to have IKF and Daniel Vogel back and Justin Turner over there. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, the one player they decided to give the bag to, um, he's coming up next week with Chris Hansen on to catch a predator. Uh, the Boston Red Sox, we've already laughed them out of the room. So I just look at the division as like this is the Yankees' division to win. And when I look in the American League, everybody's going to tell you, oh, the, the Astros signed Josh Hader, the big, bag, bad Astros. Yeah, we, we got to get over the hump and figure out how to beat the Astros. But nobody repeats in baseball. So I don't expect the Rangers to, to repeat. We'll see what like teams like the Mariners have. Nobody in the Central scares you. Why can't the Yankees win the AL East, um, maybe even be the one seed, and get to the Fall Classic? I think it's possible. I don't think it's far-fetched at all. Yeah, for me, it's all about the mojo, man. It's like so many things have been off over the last few years. And <clears throat> after COVID, like you never really knew what it was because reporters weren't as close to the team as they usually were. Um, but Verdugo, I keep going back. Adam and I keep going back and forth on him. We, we hated him <laughs> before before he came here, like hated him, hated him as a Red Sox. It was like the prototypical Red Sox, Red Sox player to absolutely despise. Um, then they trade for him. Before the Soto deal, and you're like, you got to be kidding me. Is this like, is this telegraphing they're not getting Soto? Um, and then we find out that apparently they've been after him for years, and Aaron Judge has been one of the driving forces here. What do you see in Verdugo? What do you think he could bring? And what do you think Judge has seen and how he was able to kind of get the front office on board with this? Like, this is crazy to me. The All of how that developed was crazy. I didn't like Verdugo because I go to the stadium a lot. And like I know what like that left field bleacher culture. Oh my god! Is like. I was there opening day in 2021. It was or opening night. Was it 2021? I don't sit over there. I'm too old him. now. I'm too old now to sit over there. But I know what it's Insane. like. And Verdugo is the type to try and bark at the fans. Like he's going to interact with the fans until the fans start to get disrespectful. And it's like, well, that's what you signed up for. I never yeah. like guys that show up in Yankee Stadium. Like even like Miles Straw trying to climb the fence. Like. What are you doing, bro? Like, like, you'll never win. You cannot beat the fans. Like, these fans will literally throw their tall boys at your head. They do not care. Um, so just Verdugo's attitude, the grills, the chains, the tats, um, just gave me, like, you know, uh, the vibe that this guy is trying too hard. Um, yeah. And he wouldn't fit the Yankee way. And originally they were saying that they were going to swap him and Glaber Torres. And I'm like, no, 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 hell no. Um, no, he's not that good. Like, I think Glaber has a chance this year, his walk year, to, you know, make the all-star game at second base. I think he has a chance to be low in the lineup where people forget about him. And Glaber, I mean, already in spring training, he's um, practicing his situational hitting. Like, he's not swinging for the fences. He's he's driving in runs. So, uh, when I look at Verdugo, I, I did like the fact that Judge had an eye on him. Um, he used to wear 99. Maybe that's why Judge was looking at that guy. Like, who's this guy wearing... 99 for the Red Sox. I think he's going to come over here and, and bring a compete level. He's a dog. I think he's going to come over here and, and, and like be fired up. I think if DJ struggles, that's going to be your leadoff hitter. He's done it in Boston and obviously playing for Boston. He's got experience in left field at Yankee Stadium. Um, I think he'll be fine over there. And I hope the ball doesn't find grass. I hope he gets enough reps and, uh, you know, we have a good year with him and left. Yeah, those walk year Yankees. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. Like Back Torres, Verdugo, Soto, uh, even Clay Holmes. Like there, there are a lot of guys who have something to prove this year. Uh, and add to the add the kids to that too. Volpe's got plenty to prove. You know, just because it's not a walk year doesn't mean he doesn't have a lot to prove. Peraza gets buried. And we bury him when he makes mistakes because we don't know what he is yet. But he has a lot to prove. Dominguez coming back healthy has a lot to prove. Uh, I do believe in this team being hungrier than last year. It all comes back to what you said up top uh, about, you know, Boone holding them accountable, not throwing games away, playing today, winning today. That's it. I think there are a lot of guys on this team who have that same mentality. Uh, well, Keith. 
thank you a ton for joining us. Uh, do you have a, do you have home opener plans? Do you have anything else to add before we sign off? Yeah, you just brought up a great point that we got to mention. No more of those punt lineups. Oh, no God. more of those games where it's just like you go into the game and it's like they, they concede a loss. You need these games early in the year. I say it every single year. The math is the same in April as it is in September. So if you're going to rest guys, if you're going to have a, a, a B-team lineup thinking that you've got games to make up later in the year, it's going to come bite you in the ass. I don't think that they're going to play that way this year. And I think that like having guys like a Trent Grisham um, in, in the lineup or on the bench that can be in the lineup, like their backups now are better than they had. They're going to be able to steal some of those games. And the Yankees are going to get back to being the Yankees where bums like the Nationals or the Rockies or the Athletics won't get a game off of them. The Royals like won't get a game off them in a series. They need to get back to sweeping series. Opening day um, in Houston, I have no plans for that. I'll probably be on air at WFAN that night, but I'm definitely taking off April 5th because last year I didn't take off, and by the time I got to the radio, I had no voice. Uh, I had been at the stadium from like 8 a.m., and then I drove down to do my show at 7 p.m. And I just I text the producer as I was in the car. I'm like, bro, I'm trying to talk. And like, I, I, I can't like I'm like I, I was yelling so loud at the stadium in the cold and drinking beers. It was like, like I just so I'm taking off today or I'm taking off that day. Friday, April 5th, I will be out there for the whole day and night. Hopefully the Yankees get a win. So if you guys are out there, hit me up. You'll see me. I have no idea where I'm going to be sitting, but I just know that uh, we show up to open up Yankee Stadium. Some people as early as 7 a.m. The bleacher creatures say, Happy New Year. And we all kind of get together and eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner out there and make a whole celebration out of it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to um, 2024 opening day coming soon. We are, too. I think, Thomas, we probably got to do it this year. We didn't do it last year. I would love to. Yeah, this is the year. Well, Keith. Uh, thank you so much for all your time, your takes. You brought the authority to this show. It isn't just oh, yeah. us two random losers uh, yapping about <laughs> the same nonsense. Um, we really appreciate you joining us, man. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll run this back sooner rather than later. Yeah, keep doing your thing, man. Whenever you guys need me, let me know. Uh, Adam and I now are coming up on nine years, I think, since we met. I think when Crazy. we did that content outside the stadium, it was 2015. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm 10 years from being in the fan cave in 2014. It's crazy how these seasons just keep uh, rolling along. So maybe this will be the year 15 years since the Yankees uh, won the World Series. So, yeah, let's get into it, man. Uh, everybody, enjoy your day. Thanks for watching. Thanks for having me. I'll be on WFAN late tonight and then five hour show tomorrow. I'm not hard to find. Yeah, we, he's, he's right. We've come a long way since I was talking into a tiny microphone one inch from my mouth in a video that will never see the light of day with <laughs> horrific sound design. My fault. My bad. Uh, but thanks, Keith, for joining us. Uh, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib, Thomas Carinante. Uh, they can find you at Tommy's Takes. Keith, you're on Twitter just at Keith underscore McPherson, right? Yeah, um, at Keith McPherson. I have the underscore. I'm putting it in the chat. Um, I have the underscore on Twitter and TikTok, but for the most part, it's just my first name, last name. My mom came up with it. <laughs> well, yeah, you need it longer than Twitter because uh, I don't know how much longer that's going to last. It's not the best. It's not the best platform, folks. Uh, well, Elon Musk ruined the place. It used yep. to be my favorite platform. I built my biggest following on Twitter, and now there's just too much porno. <laughs> and the bots and uh, my ass in bio yep. and uh, this girl named Sophie clicks on my tweet and I'm like, all right, I got a quick like and then I click on her page yeah. and she's just getting railed and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I wake up with 35 and I'm like, either I said some real inflammatory shit before I went to bed last night or it's bots and or I all bots. bots. <laughs> used, used to be Red Sox fans now. Bots. bots and now my feed the for you page is like people literally getting murdered, like people getting yeah. uh, stabbed and like hit by cars. And I'm like, what? How what did I? How did I click to aggregate this? Like I didn't. I didn't ask for this. Yeah, the for <laughs> no one page. Yeah, now. what is this? This is terrible. This is big thanks to Elon Musk to sign off today. Yes, you can find us on Twitter for now, maybe, but follow Keith to the other platforms. Maybe follow us there too. Um, Keith, we'll get you back here soon. Thanks everybody for joining us. Hell of a show. Uh, let's go, Yanks. Let's go, baby.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.